When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everybody. This is a soggy Monday morning in the deep south in Atlanta, and we are the Falcons podcast. I am one of your hosts, Scott Kennedy. I am in Atlanta. This is Nick Kendall over here on this side. He is in Seattle, so we've got you covered coast to coast on here. Um, Lots to talk about as we get into the show. Some of the things we want to hit on, some of the cuts that have already been made because the Falcons will go down from 90 men to 53 by 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And we expect those cuts to start rolling out. Well, they've already started rolling out. We expect that to continue until they announce our 53. And then we still expect things to continue. So we'll get into that. We can talk a little bit of Falcon Steelers if you want to. We'll leave that up to the chat. There's not a whole lot to talk about there. We're looking forward, not back. Speaking of looking forward, I'm looking forward to talking with Nick Kendall. Nick, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing pretty darn well. Can't complain too much. Uh, back to the uh, the grind of, you know, Monday through Friday shows. And I woke up this morning I'm like, oh, Scott forgot about me. What's going on? It's, uh, it's 6 a.m. I'm ready to go. So excited to talk a little bit of Falcons and excited to kind of talk about what this final roster, not the final, I guess, because there's moves throughout the entire year, but what the 53-man roster looks like for this team. I mean, we're kind of getting through the finally through all of the you know talk projections there now it's time for some real football and the players that are going to be making that happen for the Falcons this year yeah I um Arthur Smith has said it and then I was watching the Denver Broncos uh press conferences Sean Payton has said it and I'm sure they're not the only ones that have said it say listen this might be the 53 but if your player you know 45 to 53 don't unpack just yet don't don't get your real estate agent going there's going to be lots and lots of changes and there have to be some because there there will be some players that go on to uh, injured reserve right out of right out of camp, which gives them six weeks, I believe. I uh, think so, yeah. They have to miss six games, four to six games. I can't remember which uh, before they're allowed to be activated. But if you do that during the preseason, they have to miss the whole year. So there will be some players that might not be ready to go that get put on that list so that they're out. Then you got to make uh, a, another immediate roster move. So those. Those will happen right away. Let's say hello to some folks that have come in the chat. And if you could let me know, if you're listening, just give me a, a heads up. How's my audio? I turned up my gain just a little bit, so make sure I'm not popping or anything like that. Let me know how my audio is for y'all. Uh, Big Ant is in here Bryce, bright and early. Says, good morning to you, Scott and Nick, as well as everyone in the chat. That's all, y'all. Good morning, Big Ant. Uh, John Harrell says, good morning, Scott, Nick, and the crew. That's everybody here, too. Michael Rankio is in nice and early. He says, good morning, Scott, Nick, and the Falcons podcast. Alan on YouTube says, good morning, gentlemen. Same with Roderick Cook. He says, afternoon, everyone. He's over across the pond. Greg Elrod is coming in. He says, morning, guys. Tomorrow should be very interesting. Any possible surprise cuts you want to predict? Greg, in the in the business of being an, an analyst or, you know, of projecting, any of those things that I've done for 20 something years, this is always the question I hate the most. No offense. <laughs> Any surprise things? Well, if they're a surprise, I know about them already. So they're not a surprise. And I can't be surprised if I think it's going to happen. It, uh, you know, that said, I, I know what you mean, though. Um, 
and I start looking at some of those and some of the players that are, um, you know, that are that are out there. I look at some of the other people's predictions, and you know, I take a look at you know what Michael Rothstein, ESPN, does, and he's got the Falcons taking four running backs. That would surprise me a little bit if they took four. Uh, Godwin uh, Iguabuke has definitely proven he can play in this league, but taking four would surprise me unless Nick. They take Cordero Patterson and IR him at the beginning of the season because he's been banged up a little bit. And then he's your third running back, not necessarily your fourth. Yeah, I surprise cut. Just looking at the, when I think surprise cut, I think who can save you money? And looking at the Falcons roster, a lot of these are negative cap hits, but there's two players that stand out where you could actually save a little bit of cash on the salary cap and uh, go that way. And one of them is Cordero Patterson if you move yeah, on Cordell, from him. They're not cutting Cordero. There's they're no not going to cut him. I agree. Mm -hmm. But that that would be a surprise. <laughs> I don't think it's worth the uh, squeeze because you get the God the dead cap hit would be three point seven five and you only get one point seven five in release. Not happening. Uh, but he has had some injuries through the last couple of years, so uh, we'll see what happens to them to start. And then the other contract here uh, that stands out as uh, could be moved on from to save some money is uh, Jalen Hawkins. You can save about three million from him. The rest of these contracts, you don't get much cap savings. It's just kind of where the Falcons are in the salary cap. Uh, right now so those are the only two that from a contract perspective you look at and be like okay is there something here is there something not uh, but uh, I don't know if the, either of those guys qualify I mean behind Jalen Hawkins I mean have you seen enough from a fourth safety I know we've loved what we've seen from uh, Helms but uh, beyond that is there another safety that could make it where you could save that three million beyond Jalen Hawkins yeah that's a good question um, Helms is the fourth you know like yeah. like you just said but have I have I seen enough from let's say uh yeah Jesse Bates, Hawkins, Helms, Richie Grant, uh from Micah Abernathy, Lucas Dennis, or Clifford Chapman? No, no, and no. Um, so therefore I think unless you're planning on making a move, which is possible, you know, yes. you can make a move Wednesday, you mm -hmm. know. So the initial 53, I expect Jalen Hawkins to be on it. Um you know, were we surprised going back to cuts, the cuts that have already been made? Were we surprised that Jalen Mayfield was cut? Not really. Um, again, he's still just 23 years old. He was thrown to the wolves early and was just woefully un underprepared. It was a it was a poor draft pick. Uh, there's it's just you can look back. And I know this is with hindsight, but you can look back and say there were players that. I like significantly better and I'm not spending near the time scouting these guys as the professionals in the billion dollar industry that, that is the NFL to have all of the information. You got enough information on Jalen Mayfield to say, this is a little bit of a reach and as a high third round pick. Um, and it hasn't worked out. He could be a player that could end up being re-signed to the practice squad. The problem with that one is you only have six spots on your 16 man practice squad for veterans they deem veterans anybody with at least two years of service this will be his third year he counts this would be frank darby's third year he counts so if those guys were to come back in any way shape or form they would count as one of six not one of 16 and and nick that's a factor yeah for sure and he just wasn't good enough uh they always had hoped that you know some of the physicality and the run blocking and the youth would translate to growth but the Technique has just been a mess. I mean, on the ground too often. And Falcons have been bringing up other uh, offensive linemen. I don't, you know, some of the depth is questionable there, especially at tackle, <laughs> as we saw in that Steelers game. Not to rehash it too much, but 
Uh, as long as your top two guys are healthy and I can't, I mean, how many teams in the NFL actually feel good about their tackle depth? Maybe five, if that. Yeah. And, and watching coaches get recycled over and over and over again and failing and failing and failing, keep getting rehired and rehired and rehired. I came up with a phrase that was just because you've got a job doesn't mean you're the best one for it. And you saw some people talking about Jalen Mayfield. Well, he could be valuable because he can play this position, this position, this position. He's He can play some guard. He can play some tackle. No, no, he can't. Um, just because he has doesn't mean he could. Uh, he was, you know, we like to talk war baseball, wins against replacement. You know, are you even average? What would your war be? If you could come up with even a slightly average, it would be an improvement. So just because he was there doesn't mean he could do it effectively or even to a, a backup level. So to say that he provided some value because he could fit in at these positions, no, he couldn't. No better than anybody else that you could pull off of somebody else's practice squad as a body. And unfortunately, that's you – know, again, I'm not saying he's done, Nick. He's no. 23 years old, and he's big, and he's got some tools. I mean, he might make it back on your practice squad. He's yeah. still young and could be a developmental player. Book's not written on his career completely yet, but I think we can say that as far as the impact that you want from a draft pick, he's not been worth the early third. Uh, Albert Knopper's coming in here over uh, with the rocking that Netherlands flag there on top of a mountain. Good to see you, Albert. Says, good morning, Scott, Nick, and all football fans. Good morning to you, Albert. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining us. D'Angelo Jones says, good morning, mates. Good morning to you, D'Angelo. Yeah, the Facebook groups are starting to open up a little bit. Anthony Evans Sr. coming in. Good morning, Anthony. And good morning to you, D'Angelo. Good to see you. Chris Walker coming in, one of the OGs. So good morning, everyone. Any surprises that stand out to you all yet? Um, we talked to Jalen Mayfield. How much of a surprise would that be? Um, across the league, there's been some moves that have been eyebrow-raising. I, I, I'm still a little surprised that Trey Lance was moved for a fourth-rounder. Yeah. Um, you know, we we talked a lot about that on Friday, and then it came out Friday afternoon that he was moved to the Cowboys for a fourth round pick. Um, and I I said why it would have made sense for the Falcons to be in on Trey Lance based on how um Bill Barnwell had presented it, which was okay, if Desmond Ritter struggles, send them a fourth in October. Okay. For a fourth round pick and five million dollars of cap money over the next two years. Is he is he worth it? I mean, is he? Have you seen it? Anything? Again, what what was your evaluation coming in? And we don't know. We know what the San Francisco 49ers evaluation was because they were the ones that pulled the trigger. We know what the Jacksonville Jaguars evaluation was. We'd rather have Trevor Lawrence. We know what the New York Jets evaluation was. We'd rather have Zach Wilson. After that, we don't really know for sure of anybody else except San Francisco. And I still think getting him for a fourth round pick is good value for the Dallas Cowboys. So little risk. I mean, if you go back and look at fourth round picks throughout the last 10 years, you're going to see some guys who, you know, that had okay careers, but you're not going to find many superstars out there. I guess Dak Prescott's one of those fourth rounders, uh, but I digress. Uh, I think that's worth the risk for Dallas and for any team, unless there's something else going on there uh, with Trey Lance that I'm not sure about everything I've heard is that he's a, uh, intelligent, hardworking young guy has just had some bad breaks. I mean, he broke his finger, uh, his rookie season that caused him to miss a bunch of time and reps that he needed got injured week two last year. It's just been a malady of unfortunate circumstances uh, for him. And he got Wally pipped uh, by Brock Purdy. Who's, I mean, playing very well for that 49ers offense. So 
Uh, again, another guy the book's not uh, written on just yet. We'll be interesting to see what happens now that the pressure is certainly off of him in Dallas, uh, as crazy as it, as it is for a backup or a quarterback at all <laughs> for that team. But uh, yeah, I think a fourth round pick, such low risk, uh, worth it. If you, even if he ends up being just a solid backup, you have a solid backup for two years now and that's you could have much more than that it's like buying a scratcher is it gonna hit who knows but we'll see what, that's what that's about what you're spending on on backups anyway i mean if, less. if you're yeah. that that's about normal that's close to taylor heineke money that's close to gardner Minshew money that's close to jared stidham money that's that's backup quarterback money for mm -hmm. for two years and a fourth round pick oh i like it and thanks for uh checking in y'all got got your got your notes on this um and then uh, let's see who who else has come in. Ryan Adonis was in here uh, saying we should keep Hawkins good depth piece with starter experience. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you know, unless there's a safety again, if he's, did you say his, his, he was on 3 million. Um, it's like 2.75. That's you decent can... money for a safety, a starting safety, but he does have, he was a starter. He has played a lot. I, I think he's a, a good piece too. Again, I asked a question when I start talking about contracts, it's like, okay, well, where else would you spend that money? And right now the Falcons have money. If they needed to go out and get a guy, they could, mm -hmm. they, they wouldn't have to make a move. You know, they wouldn't have to trade Julio Jones just to sign their own draft picks. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of financial situations you've been in the last two years. Ryan follows that up. He says, I'll never, never understand the Mayfield pick. Did they expect him to play left guard and left tackle when they drafted him? no, uh, my understanding was that they expected him to come in and compete at right tackle with a struggling Caleb McGarry. Uh, remember, that would have been Caleb McGarry's third year. He he struggled his first two, struggled his third for that matter. Um, and then uh, some injuries or whatnot, and Mayfield was thrown to the Wolves at left guard. He'd never played left guard. He played tackle only 14 games in college. Mm -hmm. Um you know, and looking at it, and I don't like to grade with with hindsight, you know, and going down a list and say, okay, this was the best player. You mean I could have had this guy? You could do that forever. You know, my pick in that draft for that spot absolutely would have been Spencer Brown, right tackle, who um, went to the Buffalo Bills and started a bunch. And he was a, a monster at the Senior Bowl. And the thing is, the Falcons took like five or six guys from the Senior Bowl. And I thought, Spencer Brown was the best prospect there, period. Um, and he has started. He started a bunch as a, I don't. I don't think he played quite as much. Did he battled some injuries or last he's had year a few but, injuries, but he's really struggled in pass protection. Yeah, uh, just the, he, the right now he's off. very similar to where Caleb McGarry was at the same age. You know, yeah. Caleb McGarry in year three. We'll see if he can make a leap, but you know, he's he's a more athletic version of Caleb McGarry. And they, the Falcons spent a first rounder on Caleb McGarry. They could have had Spencer Brown in the 60s, third round. Um, it didn't make a lot of sense to me either, Ryan, except for his reputation coming out was that he was a masher. He absolutely wanted to beat you up. Okay, well, got a pass pro. to be the, You'd expect him to be competent, okay, at pass pro, pass protection. Mm -hmm. And, and he, he, just, he just wasn't. Um, yeah just just bad it was graded as the worst with the guys with enough qualifying snaps he was the worst pass blocking ol in the nfl as a guard yeah. like as a guard i mean there's tight spaces in there i got help on both sides of me yeah his you know? technique not good enough and, and where are you going to be a tackle goodness yeah 
Yeah, not good. Uh, we'll see what happens with him. If we'll see, he might be back, you know, in Atlanta as a practice squad, or he might get picked up by somebody else. I mean, some teams talking about Trey Lance. What was the evaluation? Some team maybe liked him enough, still young, and teams are just starved for offensive line. Tape was pretty erratic, though. So I'd, we'll see. I, if there's six, if there's 180 practice squads available spots available to a player like him with three years of experience, two plus. This is his third year. I could find a spot for a 23 year old with his physical tools on my practice squad, yeah. at least for a couple of weeks, you know, and figure out what's, what's what, you yeah, know, doesn't mean you have to keep really, him for five years. True. The thing that's really hard with him is that he, uh, he's been working underneath Chris Lindstrom and he's had a pretty good offensive line, you know, coaching and it still looks like this. So who knows? We'll see what happens with him, but, uh, yeah, definitely a, a early third round miss for the Falcons. There, not going to hit them all, but uh, that's too bad. Jacqueline Galloway says, good morning, everyone. Good morning to you, Jacqueline. Hope you're doing well. Happy Monday to you. Hope you have a great day. Yep, great uh, to got... see you, Jacqueline. Appreciate you joining us. Cottonmouth ATL says, good morning over on YouTube. Uh, another PRPR coming in. I love that tube uh, with the with the surfer picture coming in. He says, morning, Coach Smith. Track record shows that the 53-man roster won't be set in stone until first game day, and even then it's still written in pencil, man. Mm-hmm. Um and and Sean Payton Broncos, when I was listening on the same subject, talking about it, he said it's really more like week three where it starts to settle in just a little bit. Hell, it may have been Arthur Smith. Um, it all starts running together. Yeah. They were they had the same message that just because you make the fifty three doesn't mean you're you know hire a real estate agent. Um, yeah. it, it's still very very fluid. And that will be the first thing Arthur Smith says when his first press conference comes up after they after the 53 is announced is, you know, we're still making moves. There's there's still moves to be made. You know, keep we got 10 days until our first game. And then there will be moves made after that. They said it's usually about week three where things start settling down, where moves start being made internally, practice squad elevations and stuff. And then because of injuries you'll see some moves made, but then it really starts settling down. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see some of these back end of the guys. Uh, hopefully they will uh, stick it out, but there's some spots here and there on the roster where wide receiver, you know, cornerback, uh, defensive line. Some of these guys are probably going to be hopping around. Jason Heller says morning. Good people with the Mayfield pick reminds me of the cons pick years ago, round two offensive line out of the big 10. What the heck? Sometimes you miss. Uh, there's, it's an inexact science and uh, the teams that hit, you know, 60%, uh, do much better than the teams that hit 55, right? So it's uh, sometimes it happens. I think Cons was from Wisconsin. Uh, so yeah, if, as long as you're drafting Iowa players, you're going to be fine. Uh, no, <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Give me an Iowa linebacker or uh, or offensive tackle, and we'll talk. Yeah, offensive line's been a downturn the past couple of years, but that's a different conversation. Corey Carter coming that's in said, I wish going to Northern Iowa. Yeah, that's true. I wish I could understand the strategy with that Smith employs in preseason. What's the point of playing the starters and offense for one possession? What's the difference between one possession and none? Uh, just kind of getting some of the jitters out. And they had much success on that one drive. You know, Desmond Ritter was out there. He looked, they didn't punch it in at the end, but they moved the ball efficiently. There were some good highlight plays from Drake London. Uh, Kyle Pitts got involved. I mean, Bijan Robin, Robinson looked great out there too. Uh, everybody's like, okay, we're confident. We look good. We had success. We're going to stay healthy now. I don't. I don't mind it at all. The fact that they got out there and looked good in one possession, that's enough for me. I get it. And I think, you know, maybe Corey, it's, you know, throwing those guys a bone. They want to play, you know, they, they want to be out there and say, all right, you guys can play once, you know, here you can have one piece of candy, but not the whole bag. 
Um, but you no, know, I agree with you. You know, if you're if you're only going to play him one, do you really need to play him at all? How much of a difference is it going to make? I don't know. It would help me, especially at home as a fan. Uh, if I'm paying my ticket, you know, that's one of the things about season tickets is they charge you for the preseason games full price. Also, uh, I want to see those guys, you know, so mm -hmm. at least get, we've been talking about it since it ever happened, but you know, he doesn't really care about that, but I don't know. I, I kind of agree with you on this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Terry ocean boy Martin says, what it do bird gang. Good to see you, Terry. Appreciate you being in here. Um, and you know, talking about Mayfield, yeah, he was he was uh, pretty bad. Um, let me see here. Um, from Keith McCants, Keith asks, "Is this defensive line underrated?" Keith, what position on the Falcons, other than maybe running back, on the consensus? Not looking at Maurice Jones, Drew, twenty-first rated running back in the in the NFL, but for most everybody else, it's a top three, top five unit. Mm -hmm. What position for the Falcons really isn't underrated? I mean, seriously, because they're getting, I like to say that the stench of the Falcons over the last several years is really stinking up the whole team. And what I mean by that is Chris Lindstrom comes in as the sixth rated offensive guard from PFF after they just raked, you know, graded him the highest graded player in football. And all of a sudden, oh, well, Lamar Jackson. Well, what's that have to do with Chris Lindstrom? Um, you know, so you, you take a look at the team, the power rankings, they actually went down, went from like 27 to 29. They, they, they got worse. Mm -hmm. So how on earth has this team gotten worse? Yeah. Oh, well, Lamar Jackson. I cannot wait until they start playing some games. I really can't. And then they can start talking about how Desmond Ritter is a system quarterback who really can't play. He's being propped up by the players around him who we didn't think were any good either. So Keith, Keith McCants, um, and if this is the real Keith McCants, that's pretty cool. <laughs> is this the Keith McCants, the Alabama destroyer who went like fifth overall in 1990? Was it 90? 91? If so, that's cool. If not, cool name to anyway. And it's a good question. Yes, this defensive line is underrated. This is a very, very good defensive line, Nick, to the point where you're already cutting guys that probably would have started for you two years ago. Yeah, I think that the defensive line is, if you're talking purely interior defensive line, it is underrated if you lump in the uncertainty that is the edge group in that unit as well they're probably about properly rated as a wait and see i'll believe it when i see it i mean evacetti has looked fine but bud dupree has like not been healthy for how many years now is d'angelo or is malone even going to make this roster i mean i've who knows what's happening there so you look pretty good on the interior you know clayus campbell uh huggins i got you can just go on go on and on of course grady jarrett's it there zach harrison inside outside kind of guy uh, yeah, Anya, Anya Mata, of course, as well. I really like the interior defensive line, uh, but the edge group, if you're including them lumped in in the defensive line, the fact that you're not getting a lot of hype right now, I think is justified uh, just with how bad the unit has been overall. And you probably don't have a true uh, difference maker destroyer on there as well. You know, a set and forget kind of piece on that edge group. So interior, though, very much underrated. And let me see here. This is coming from Corey Carter. And Corey is coming in on uh, the Atlanta Falcons group. 
He says, uh, give me Dalton Reisner. I'm going to drop this in the chat for everybody just one more time. I wrote this about Dalton Reisner in March, and um, he still hasn't signed. Hmm. Well, I don't think I was wrong at the time. Um, actually, I put uh, Rip's offseason transaction, so that might have been the wrong one. I apologize. <laughs> um Let's see. Overpay now. Where's the one? That's not the right one. That's not the right one. Reisner. That's it was free agent fit. Here it is. This is the right one. Apologies, apologies, apologies. Um basically, let me say how I did this one. Um to sum up to sum up the uh, the Falcons, every single player the Falcons put at left guard last year graded better in run blocking than Dalton Reisner, every single one of them. And they played four, I think, left guards. Uh, graded better than Dalton Reisner overall and had a better grade than him. Unless you go look at ESPN's win run block rate, which is what all these guys are looking at when they say Dalton Reisner was amazing because there isn't a one of them that actually watched the Denver Broncos play football. Um, yeah. There's a reason why he hasn't been signed yet. But I, I said at the time, at the very bottom of that, if you check the link, I would sign him for Colby Gossett backup money. Colby Gossett was a good backup player. He's probably making twice what he was this year. Last year, he's probably gotten a new contract somewhere, um, which was about $950,000. That, that's the money I would send Dalton Reisner to be a backup, um, which is good backup money, which is how he played last year. So uh, no thanks. Corey comes back and asks 40 sacks over or under. I'm over. I'm going to say under. Um just because that would be doubling. Can you double your sacks year to year, Nick? You can. I think this has more to do. This my answer has more to do with the Falcons' offense than anything. I think this is going to be a team that is going to possess the ball and really grind out games. And uh, that complementary football is going to lead to less overall uh, chances to get after the quarterback. I don't see many games where you're up, you know, twenty in you know halfway through the third quarter and the other teams are just having to play hero ball and taking sacks like that. I think it's gonna be a lot of close games that Falcons are going to be controlling throughout just with how their team is built. They're gonna lean on Bijan and that means closer, lower scoring games with less possession. So probably less chance for those volume stats to accumulate. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go under um again, I, I think You'd almost need it. You'd have to double your sack total to hit 40. Is this team going to double them? They might, Nick. Yeah. Getting 40 sacks isn't outrageous. Getting 20 sacks is. Yeah. Getting 20 sacks is outrageous. 40 sacks is about average. That's a good number, though. I, I would think that's probably pretty close to the Vegas number. Um, It's pretty close. Uh, Keith has a good question. Uh, Keith Brugman coming in. Keith McCants, I did see your answer. Keith McCants said that was a different Keith. The uh, the football player Keith actually died drug related causes is what he said and I I didn't know that so well rest in peace Keith McCants, um I didn't know that obviously yeah um sorry to hear that but Keith says are these early cuts done to help the player or help the team um if, if there's no chance and you're you're done anyway it, it helps the, it helps the players to get out there earlier you know listen you're not going to keep me what are you going to do. We've got some other teams that are calling. Can you go ahead and release me? Yeah. So I, I think it's the team has to get it done anyway. And I think it's good for the player to be out there as early as possible. So that's my opinion on that, Nick. It's probably negligible because a lot of teams are waiting to see who's out there anyway, but their agents can get a head start on that at least. So 
I don't think it's a huge uh, benefit to either one. It's just the business and uh, we have a timeline and we're going to approach it. And then it's going to be mad dash to, you know, scout guys, put in waiver claims and uh, get guys in your practice squad and then start preparing the guys that you do have for that week one game. That is now what nine days away. Uh, if that I can't even think of, a week away or yeah, and Jason weeks. Akuda says week one still possible for Jeffrey Akuda. Um, Arthur Smith's being tight lipped about that. I feel confident. That's all he's saying. Uh, week one, week three, week what? I feel confident. That, that's that's all he's answering. So we don't really know. Um, no good, but so good. Coming in, he says, what's good, fellas? No good, but so good, says, what's good? Checking in from Ohio. Well, appreciate you being here. Thank you, sir. And, and Rusty Moore has a good question. We're running a little bit out of time. Uh, so we'll we'll wrap it up here shortly. What do y'all make of the Falcons inquired about Trey Lance stuff? If true, I don't like it. Are they not confident in Ritter? Why add another project quarterback to the roster? Lance is a complete project. Do we want another project if Dez doesn't pan out? Because I don't. Rusty, all these guys know each other. Picking up the phone and calling and saying, hey, what are y'all really looking for for this guy? Oh, oh that's cool. Well, good luck. That's an inquiry. It does. It could. It may mean more than that. It may not be. I'm not doing my job unless I know. Well, if, if you got, y'all are asking me, what do the 49ers want? You think they're not asking Terry Fon? No. What do the 49ers want for Lance? You know, Arthur Blank is calling down. Say, hey, what, what are they actually looking for? You know, my wife's asking me. I don't know. Let me find out. Hey, John, what are y'all looking for? Well, the Falcons just inquired. That said, it's such a low risk, high reward option. Why not? I, I, again, it doesn't cost anything. If you if you had a first round pro, a projection on this guy coming out and, and you trust your scouts, you trust your staff, he's still, what, 23 years old? Mm-hmm. And I could get him for a fourth. Why not? It takes up a spot. It takes up whose spot? I could put him on the 53. It might take up you know, the it might take up Godwin and Igwebuke's spot if you were planning on having him on the 53, which I'm not convinced is going to happen anyway. Um, you put him on the 53. Okay, well, it's 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 just so low risk that I would I, I would have been for that, a fourth round pick for two years. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I I absolutely would have been I would have been happy with that. Uh it doesn't have anything to do with Desmond Ritter any more than I think it has to do with Dak Prescott. You've got a chance to get a talented player for cheap. Okay, I'd do that. Yeah, uh, just you're putting in the calls and doing due diligence. I mean, it's called due diligence. And until you're sure about your quarterback, uh, even when you're not, if you have a chance to add in a young lottery pick type, then you're making a call on them. I mean, the Cowboys are pretty safe and secure with Dak Prescott, probably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC this year. And they still made that move. So just, just making the call. And especially true if you don't, if you aren't one hundred percent sure about your quarterback, which Falcons can say they're sure about Ritter, but until you see it on the field for many games in a row and over multiple seasons, uh, you can't be too sure. So I think that, of course, they called, and uh, the fact that they didn't give up a fourth, I think, speaks to their opinion of Ritter and potentially Trey Lance as well at this point. Got two more comments, and we're going to get out of here. One from Keith saying, "Last question: Any chance the Falcons bring back Julio Jones to help the wide receiver room?" Uh, there's the, the Lloyd Christmas chance, the one in a million, you know, you're telling me there's a chance that's, that's about it, Keith. There, there's just no way. Yeah. Uh, Julio Jones set fire to that bridge on the way out. Uh, unfortunately, cause he was such a great professional that yeah, there's just no way, no way, no way. Julio Jones, uh, comes back to this team. And, and frankly, I don't know that he plays in the NFL again. I think he's done. Um, his hamstrings are shot. 
He hasn't played a full season in God knows how long. Uh, it's been three straight years that he's been, you know, he's battled injuries that I, I think, I think he's done. Um, I, I won't say washed. I just think he's done. Washed up to me is different. Uh, it, it, that almost means like, oh, you'd still have a chance, but he's lost it. No, he's, 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 he's finished. He's, he's, he's old and he was overused with the Atlanta Falcons for how they used him. And he was like a running back. One of the best players ever play in, in, in a Falcons uniform, but I, I think he's done. I think he doesn't finally, bring special teams, right? That's what, another no? big one. He doesn't bring special teams also. So like at the back end of the roster, you got to have that. And if you had an injury to one of your top guys, maybe, but uh, if you're talking, you know, wide receiver three, four, five on this team, they better bring in on special teams and Julio at this point wouldn't. No, he'd, he'd stand there uh, in his, with maybe a jersey on and a sweatsuit and watch everybody from the sidelines. That would be his contributions. That's what it's been the last three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, want to say hello and goodbye. So aloha to our friend Joe Cannon. He says, great morning, Scott. Nick, kind of late today, but crazy morning with the kids starting new schools. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck with all of that. And uh, appreciate you checking in and being here. Want to say that we will go longer on Wednesday. We are here every Monday morning and Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. We go live. Uh, then you can also find us at the Falcons podcast, wherever you happen to get your podcasts. Uh, Nick and I are going to hop over to Mile High Huddle to talk some Broncos for breakfast. It's kind of a buzz going around after that shellacking the Broncos put on the, I've already forgotten, Rams Rams on Saturday night. So we're going to go talk that. And we'll be back Broncos for breakfast tomorrow. And then we'll be back here on Wednesday Appreciate everybody checking in. We've got lots going on, lots talking to uh, talk about. There's going to be a lot of news coming, so keep it locked to allfalcons.com for your Falcons news. As these cuts start rolling in, I expect them to keep coming in today mm-hmm. all the way till tomorrow at the 4 p.m. deadline with the 53. Until then, thanks for being here, everybody, and we'll see you all next time. Peace. <laughs>